Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's the Game Bites podcast, and uh, it's uh, the last, second to last day of February. It's the 28th of February, 2016. My name is Legrand Jolly, your host, and I'm joined, as always, with my two co-hosts, Dale Jones. Hello. And Jeremy underscore Lamont. Hello, Jeremy. <laughs> That's actually my legal name. I uh, went down to <laughs> government office and, and had the underscore I think added. you should uh, take care of that. That's cool. And it's all just one name. So my name actually is just one name, but it has an underscore, and it's my last name also as part of my first name. So figure that out. Figure that out, I, government. I, I get it. That's cool. Jeremy underscore Lamont. Lamont. Well, and then I'm going to have a, a nickname that's Jeremy Lamont in quotes in the middle. Uh, wow, I, I lost track of that. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm celebrating uh, the leap year by... Um, basically wasting the entire day playing video games are you guys doing anything special for the tomorrow yeah oh yeah yeah i'm going it's to work. monday tomorrow can't do that oh you're right all right i changed my mind i i did waste my weekend watching heroes of the storm um the uh, spring qualifier for north america is happening right now the finals are going on and uh it's my kids and i we all sat down and watched a ton of matches and it was super awesome you're making your kids into the wrong kinds of nerds <laughs> It was it was cool, man. Like my kids don't care about normal sports, but they'll sit down and watch esports. No, like, I think I cool. do dig that, you know, because every year when we like we tune into football once a year, like the Super Bowl, which we just you know we just had, and as I'm sitting there watching fat dudes in tight pants, I'm like, why can we not be watching like Dota or something? I don't even like Dota right. that much, but yeah, I, same I, I thing, would just right? assume watch that. Yeah, fat dudes in pants. They're just <laughs> actually if you watch Dota teams, they're all like Eastern European and Asian kids. They're like super skinny. Yeah. And they like they like work out too. They have like all these you know they go as a team to the gym and do all sorts of stuff in those team houses. I saw that documentary. I think that's about all I know about Dota was the documentary that Valve released. <laughs> you know, I haven't seen that actually. I've, I've kind of been meaning to. I've never watched it either. <laughs> Check it out. It's not bad. <laughs> I have one thing to say about Heroes of the Storm though, and I may, might be a little biased because uh, I I like it. I play the game a lot, but it is really really fun to watch just because there's all the different maps. Um, and the teams choose the maps that they want to play on. So you'll always get a different situation with different hero comps with different maps. And it makes the it makes watching that as, as competitive as League of Legends and Dota is and as you know high-end they are, um, it's really fun to watch heroes. Yeah, I, I like the idea of different maps. I think that's healthy. Yeah. Well, but we're not going to talk about Heroes of the Storm today. One thing about the, the single map, um, multiple map paradigm, um, I on Dota's end, I typically prefer just the single um very i don't know full of nooks and crannies sort of map but on rocket league i actually like the various types of maps that they put in there and i understand a lot of people don't so they put in lots of different types of maps yeah yeah there's different types of arenas now it's not just the same one over and over oh i didn't even know that there's even a hockey mode now where it's a puck instead of a ball i'll have to turn that game on and try it out again yeah it's pretty cool (laughs) sweet well, today we're going to be talking about the news of the video game world, and that's what Jeremy does. We're also going to talk about uh, new releases and other things. So we'll start out with the news, I guess. Let's go ahead and talk about the news of the week. So uh, I guess it must be that time of the year because it seems like the last few news shows that we've done, we've been talking about investor conference calls. And uh, the newest in the line of investor conference calls happened over at Nintendo, 
where they have indicated that they are downgrading their forecasts for Nintendo 3DS sales. And uh, I kind of wanted to highlight uh, over at Ars Technica, they did a little bit of analysis on this, and they actually graphed out the sales progression of the 3DS as opposed to the GBA and the DS. And uh, turns out that the 3DS peaked earlier, much earlier, in fact, than either of those other two platforms and is dropping off much sooner. So uh, This is interesting because I didn't know that... Um... 3DS was really having this problem as such. You know, I hadn't really been paying attention to it. Well, and it's funny because people who follow this have really kind of noticed that the overall volume of sales, I mean, even if you look at the area under the curve there, which would represent the, you know, total volume of presumably revenue that Nintendo would get from the 3DS, is generally just a lot less, like significantly less. It's like maybe half of DS. Yeah, well, I, I would right. say less than half of the DS. Uh, I mean, it's 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 not good. Uh, in it's fact, less than I, GBA even. Yeah, mm. I, I've seen folks refer to it as as cratering. But you're right. The buzz on the 3DS has not really been one of of lackluster sales. It's generally been well, it's doing better than the Vita. Uh, which screw that, you guys. Vita's awesome. It's not selling, but it's. it's <laughs> I awesome. wonder what the Vita curve. Yeah, I like. actually that was my first. It's like probably. Oh, it's actually even, on here. It doesn't even see it? show on. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, the, it's right there next to the, the bottom. zero. It's the black yeah, line, exactly. Um, so anyhow, they have uh, downgraded their sales. They expect to sell 6.6 million 3DS units, which is a 13% drop from previous projections and a 24% decline from the year before. Uh, which generally just not so great, and then combine that with the fact that the Japanese yen is uh, on, it's weak and only getting weaker against other currencies, especially the U.S. dollar, uh, is not super helpful for the Japanese-based company. It's helpful for me in my trip here in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Stock up on some yens. Get them all. Um, the uh, interesting analysis that they did on ours also says that uh, they sort of bring up the fact that the NX, which... Uh, may come out this year, may... I mean, we're probably going to see at least some whisper of, of what it's actually going to be, but uh, with no real cushion or no real parachute, I guess, let's say, in the handheld market, the NX is probably going to have to start producing pretty much right away for Nintendo in order to maintain the kind of profitability that they are accustomed to seeing. Were you seeing the rumors that um, NX is going to come out by the end of the year and, like, NX Zelda is even projected for... Like November, December release? Yeah, and I think they... I saw something floating around a little bit earlier this weekend where they have uh, confirmed now, I think it's been long rumored and, and long anticipated by most people, but that The Legend of Zelda will be a cross-generational affair, kind of like The uh, Twilight Princess was for the GameCube and the Wii. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we really don't know much about the NX at all. In fact, uh, this past E3, when we would have expected to see stuff about it, uh, Nintendo remained pretty tight-lipped, and I think they started talking more about their mobile partnerships rather than the NX, so we don't know too much about it. However, also uh, this week, Nintendo has announced Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon, which, uh, you know, may goose those sales. I don't know if it's going to generate any new customers for them, but uh, the newest in that long-running Pokemon series. This is the 20th anniversary, I believe, of that franchise, so wow. it's been around quite a while, and uh, Pokemon fans pretty excited to see that as well. Are there 151 Pokemon games yet? I don't know, but none of them will ever be as good as the first one, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I kind of fell off of Pokemon pretty pretty uh, early on. It's uh, I never was on. Yeah, it sounded cool before I really had a chance to play it, I guess. And, you know, it's it's okay for what it is, but uh, not, not really my thing, as it turns out. 
looks like uh, Ubisoft is also in the financial thinking mode here. Uh, they are, in fact, looking for investors, and currently they are courting some Canadian investors to help prevent a takeover by Vivendi, Vivendi Universal, which uh, you guys might remember uh, previously had owned Activision Blizzard and uh, was somehow bought out of that arrangement or somehow forced out. And um, Chief Executive Officer Yves Guimont has claimed that uh, Ubisoft is meeting this week with parties in Montreal and Toronto to raise funding. He says that they want to increase the number of Canadian shareholders in Ubisoft to have better control over the capital. They feel it's a good defense. And of course, the idea is that if you own a controlling stake in a company, uh, you basically get to decide its direction and uh, arrange the company how you will. Uh, he says that uh, there are more than 3,000 jobs in uh, Montreal, Quebec, Toronto, and Halifax, hundreds of millions of dollars in capital invested since the company opened its first studio in Canada in 1997. And um, I don't know, pretty interesting. Uh, you know, I think uh, we don't typically see a lot of real hostile bids in video games. I think most of the time it's just buying studios and shuttering them for the most part. Some of that sweet Assassin's Creed money. Yeah, yeah. Well, Assassin's Creed now is a uh, n definitely not annual, but, the, you know, they just had Far Cry uh, Primal. Far Cry's a, a, you know, franchise for them. And uh, the Tom Clancy stuff. And um, did you guys happen to see the tweet that was out there showing uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau visiting Ubisoft Montreal? No, you know, but come to think of it, isn't Vivendi French? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I looked it up the other night. <laughs> they, they're from Paris. Um, but uh, yeah, the the sort of you know relatively new Prime Minister of Canada is this kind of young guy, um, uh, like very liberal and everything. And and yeah, they were. He was visiting with some you know people from ubisoft apparently the other day and they were there was a picture of him like meeting with yves guimont and whoever else reports justin trudeau loves them rabbits <laughs> that's that's not he's like our age i think he's you know he's not super old guy or anything he's the son of a former prime minister i believe so he's young handsome talented runs Sounds his own like amazing it, yeah. video game podcast yes I voted for him. In my yeah, every American gets one honorary Canadian vote too, so. <laughs> just for the Commonwealth of Canada. Yeah. Uh, so let's turn our eyes to the future. Sony has filed a patent for a glove-style controller, and uh, this was sort of uh, dug up on NeoGAF, I think, and uh, kind of an interesting-looking patent. If you guys uh, take a look at the the link here, we found this one over at Eurogamer.net. And uh, the drawings on the patents are never really representative of exactly what a consumer product might look like, but it shows a person wearing a VR headset with little wrist-based uh, sort of... Move, move controllers. Yeah, move globe <laughs> type things yeah. on, on their wrists. And, um, you know, having used something like the Microsoft HoloLens, I know that, you know, there's a lot of, like, gestures that you can do by putting your hands out in front and making little, like, uh, tweaky motions and things like that. In the patent, they'll show drawings of things like uh, making little wiggly peace signs and doing different... Uh, different kinds of things with your hand gestures and things like that. So I don't know. I think they are looking for, for more fidelity, and I think that's going to be really the differentiating factor. Even looking at some of the VR systems that are coming out right now, the method of control, I think, really is the thing that is... Do you guys personally, do you like to do, like, finger guns or, you know, hold nothing and pretend it's a sword? I would rather have, like, a, a nerf, you know, prop or something like that to take the place of nothing, wouldn't you? Um... That's not virtual reality, it's reality reality. Yeah, but it's like, Deep you're still pretending, right? I mean, <laughs> on this diagram, they're just showing a guy doing finger guns and not holding anything to like, and I don't want to, 
You know, that doesn't feel good. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it kind of depends on what you're doing with it. I mean, if you're, you know, I mean, a lot of it's going to be the looking around, and I, that's going to be sort of the thing that I think is going to differentiate the, the different VR platforms that are going to be coming out in the next year or two is, is your method of actual interface. I mean, it's one thing to be able to sit and look around, but I mean, that only gets you so far, and a, a lot of it's going to be about how do you interact with that world. So uh, a little late for this patent to be coming out for the initial release of PlayStation VR, but kind of interesting to see not only the control schemes that are released with the perspective uh, VR platforms that are coming out here, but uh, interesting to think of what we might be doing in the future. One thing that we will not be doing in the future, buying new PlayStation TVs. Uh, unfortunately, Sony has indicated that the final shipment of PlayStation TVs in Japan uh, has been shipped and that the microconsole is no longer being distributed. And, uh, you know, I think it's pretty well had its run at retail. Uh, Dale's going to get in on that when he gets, goes over there. Yeah, you guys want me to get a few? I mean, you, can, you need extras? I think we there's a, there's a bubble here. It's ripe to be exploited here in the United States. Get those Japanese PlayStation TVs. Just hang on to them for about 20 years, and then you know Chris Kohler or somebody will be wanting to them <laughs> sell them to the retro collector market. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Genius, genius, Dale. So this yeah. this is the the germinating seed of our it's like those top loader NESs, right? Oh, like yeah. A, yeah. A so weird... not much to really say about that, but uh, I think we sort of coined on this show that the PlayStation TV was the the legacyest of the legacy platforms being an offshoot of the Vita hardware, so kind of an interesting thing. Uh, another little uh, blip on the video game radar. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the name Senator Leland Yee of California. Uh, apparently, Mr. Yee is now going to be in prison for gun running. Was he finger gun running? Yeah, finger gun running. <laughs> He's running all the finger guns with uh, notorious gangster uh, Shrimp Boy. Um <laughs> Is that a rapper? I, it could be his rapper name. I'm not really sure. I don't no, know what kind of crimes. Tag. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what kind <laughs> of crimes you Boy do XX. to get the uh, to get the nickname Shrimp Boy. But uh, I, we we like to think here on the Game Boy on the Game Bite show that uh, Mr. Yi is going to prison for his crimes against video games. So uh, enjoy your time there, Mr. Yi. Think about what you've done and. Um, Grand Theft Auto is doing better than ever, so yeah, sorry about that. You know what? I, I wonder, because this whole thing that he was doing sounds like it was inspired by Grand Theft Auto, you know? It's like, is he just a huge hypocrite? Is that... Maybe. Like, one of the... He doth protest too much about video games? Maybe yeah. he would have, like, vented his, you know, pent-up frustrations in a video game. He wouldn't have had the problems or the desire to do it in real life. That could be. That could be. Make, make some of that virtual bank and uh, stay at home. Be a family man. Uh, let's look here at uh, some crowdfunding news. So uh, in Psychonauts 2 news, looks like Zach McClendon, who was previously a design director at 2K Marin and worked on things such as Bioshock 2 and The Bureau, XCOM Declassified, which I think both were probably a little underappreciated in their day. I know that Bioshock 2, uh, if I think back I love on it, Bioshock 2. Yeah, man. Bioshock 2 was really good. It had a really it was, good it was, ending. It played better than the first, I think. Yeah, and I think a decent argument could be made that it played better than Infinite, too. So, yeah, uh, Well, maybe. apparently, he is getting on board at uh, Double Fine to be a... Uh, he's going to head up the design on Psychonauts 2. So, um, speaking for myself, I'm really looking forward to Psychonauts 2, and it's kind of interesting to see that somebody who worked on the design of games like that will be contributing to that project. So, we look forward to seeing uh, something on that. I mean, that game will be really great in six years when it comes out. But uh, kind of interesting to see the talent that they bring on board for that as well. 
Looks like the Samsung Gear VR continues its march toward VR democratization by becoming the first VR console to be zero dollars. Uh, Samsung has recently unveiled the Galaxy S7 and the S7 Edge telephones, and if you are so inclined to pre-order one of those phones, you can actually get a Gear VR for free along with that pre-order. Is that only for people that pre-order, or will it just come free with every phone? Uh, so far, they've only said that it'll be there for pre-orders. I think right now they're just trying to sell pre-orders of their phone. Um, I am not sure. I mean, the uh, I guess I said earlier console, but the Gear VR isn't as much a console as it is simply a headset. I mean, it's like a... It's just an attachment for your console. Yeah, exactly. The console being the phone. the phone. Exactly. And, uh, I, you know, I've used it before. It works pretty well. And, you know, if you can get it for $0, that's pretty interesting. So if you have listened to this show, we've gone on, uh, you know, a lot of little tangents about VR in both the news and in our topics of discussion. Uh, spoiler alert. Maybe something about that a little bit later today. Um, but, uh, you know, here's an opportunity for you to actually try it. Uh, you know, they say that the best way to get a feel for what VR is going to be is to give it a shot yourself. So if you're an Android user or willing to uh, pre-order an Android phone for, uh, uh, gosh, I don't know, it looks like, uh, I'm not sure exactly what the price is for that, but head over to your favorite Samsung retailer and place a pre-order for that and get yourself a inexpensive VR platform. And uh, one quick little note here, uh, Mistwalker, the studio that is famed for Blue Dragon and uh, is the home of Hironobu Sakaguchi, who is a well-known father figure in Japanese role-playing games, looks like they're going to be working on a collaboration with Silicon Studio, which is most recently known for the Bravely Default games. Uh, and actually, it looks like they also worked on 3D.GameHeroes, which is actually kind of neat as well. And uh, there has been a little bit of a murmur about a, uh, a Terra Battle game, which uh, currently is available for smartphones and maybe coming out possibly. I played that. And what did you think of that? Is that any good? Yeah, it's all right. I didn't, I didn't play it for very long. <laughs> so you heard it here. Terra Battle is all right. And uh, <laughs> maybe this will be the port that we're looking for onto uh, game consoles and handhelds. But uh, kind of interesting. I mean, they have a, a pretty good pedigree on both sides of that uh, arrangement. And it uh, looks like... Uh, people are getting kind of excited about that. Again, we'll look forward to whatever it is they've got to say in the next six or seven years. But uh, So there you go on that. And, you know, I think that the weird news, the uh, trio last week, may have inspired a, a, just a whole uh, weird news run this week because there's some, some weird stuff happening. Uh, back into the world of crowdfunding for just a moment, Fig, which uh, was also the platform that funded the Psychonauts 2 crowdfunding campaign is apparently going to be launching a Jay and Silent Bob brawler, which I don't know. I don't know who's asking for I this. I don't know who knows. Like <laughs> those, That's two Venn diagrams that do not intersect whatsoever. Yeah, no. I I can't see anybody individually, so Fig is, is open to, I believe now, private individuals to, to be able to contribute, and also to uh, investors, like people who are actually trying to make good, smart money deals, and I don't really know who on either side of that is uh, is going to be really interested or, or partaking. Uh, looks like the developer is Interabang Entertainment, and they've described it as a side-scrolling 2.5 over-the-top multiplayer tag team brawler. I need more of that in my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I really love that genre. And, uh, you know, last week, I think I had played the OKKO, OK I think it was. And, uh, you know, I, I love brawlers, but uh, I just don't know that the Jay and Silent Bob IP is going to be drawing a lot of attention. So I thought that was pretty weird. Uh, also, uh, another, I don't know, revisit of a weird old IP. Uh, apparently, there's going to be a, a new version of Postal, 
which is going to be released both on the PC and PlayStation 4, and I'm not sure who's asking for this one either. I mean, the best thing you can say about Postal was that it was interesting enough to have gotten a movie, a Uwe Boll movie, I guess, and I don't really know how far it went beyond that, but uh, a statement from the developer says that players will be fighting with a destructive arsenal as they make their way through a kill-or-be-killed psychological thriller, and there will be a rampage mode that features a scoring system that increases scoring multiplier for every kill on a kill streak. The original Postal came out in 1997, and the sequel came out in 2003, and uh, I don't know, they were sort of just deliberately just bad and, and provocative, and I don't think anybody really liked them, so I'm not really sure who the audience is for this one either, so I thought that one was pretty weird also. But taking the cake this week for weird news, if you love Bob Ross, and Bob Ross is enjoying a little bit of a revival himself, I think a deserved revival, I think of all of the IPs that we've talked about, the Bob Ross brand is still attractive and going strong, but uh, there are some mods for XCOM 2, and there is now a Bob Ross voice pack, which brings the soothing tones of painter Bob Ross into your XCOM 2 squad. If you miss shots, he might say something like, we don't make mistakes, we have happy accidents, uh, let's build a happy little cloud, uh, that's a fun cloud, you'll enjoy that. Uh, I don't know, I might actually try this one. Uh, I don't think it costs anything, according to the information that I found here on Polygon.com. Uh, no information about pricing, so uh, if you're playing XCOM 2 and need a little bit of a pick-me-up when the aliens are getting you down, I, I think that uh, Bob Ross might, uh, might just be the, you know, the encouragement that you need, so... Uh, the Bob Ross XCOM 2 voice pack, and uh, you finally, know, yeah, finally. exactly, just just what you've been asking for. I mean, nobody's Is there been a asking Dota 2 for announcer it. pack for Bob Ross. I don't know. There should probably be a Bob Ross announcer pack for. That's just one of the cool things I think that Dota 2 did. Yeah, the, announcer packs the different cool. announcer packs. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, that rounds out our news for this week, and uh, that's kind of the biggest stuff that's been going on. Sweet. Well, I've got some new releases to talk about. Uh, starting out, the Mortal Kombat. XL. This is, I believe, Mortal Kombat X that came out last year with all the DLC that's been released up to now. And I believe there's a couple new heroes or new uh, fighters, heroes, that are coming out with it as well. Um, So I think the Alien, I saw some promos for Alien and Predator and uh, the guy from Texas Chainsaw Massacre are new uh, fighters that are going to be available. Uh, also, Slashy Souls. I don't know who put this on here. Yeah, I added this good. one on. I noticed that uh, over where we get our release list at techgaming.com, tech-gaming.com, uh, Robert doesn't actually keep track of uh, of uh, mobile releases. So it's because there's like 8,000 a week. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But this one, I happened to notice there was a an endless runner type game that's been released by Konami that is a... Uh, Dark Souls themed runner and had a chance to play it just a little bit it's free so zero dollars will get you Slashy Souls and it's available for Android and iOS and it's pretty it's pretty difficult but um, it, it is kind of a, a different take it's kind of neat to see it's sort of a again a, a D resolution sort of pixelated version with uh, kind of some fun music and like I said free of charge it's I think a GameStop sponsored thing as, as part of their pre-order campaign but you know whatever it's uh, kind of you know it's worth trying out Slashy Souls all right also on mobile, uh, well, sort of, Pokemon Blue, Red, and the Yellow Special Pikachu Edition are coming out for the eShop for uh, 10 bucks a piece. Which is pretty neat. So cash them all. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can actually do uh, trading. And I, I don't know if you can do the online trading, but uh, you know where before you would have to, on the original Game Boy, you had to have a link cable. Now if you've got friends or, or people who you want to trade with, you can do it through the 3DS architecture, which I think That's is cool. pretty cool. And I believe the yellow one is the uh, the 
Game Boy Color version, right? Yeah, and the little Pikachu is your starter and kind of follows you around. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, a couple games on here. Uh, Master of Orion is a going into early access. This is a 4X game um, by the guys that make the World of Tanks and all those games, I believe. Uh, so that's out for early access for $50. Uh, Dale just added a couple on here. Super Hot, which is a FPS with time controlling mechanics that looks pretty cool, um, I have to admit. Dale, do you have any co- comments on that? Uh, no, no, you, you got it. I just I thought it was uh, a notable PC release. A lot of people yeah, are talking about Super Hot. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty interesting. It looks kind of like a lot of fun. And Grim Dawn, I don't know exactly what Grim Dawn is. Grim Dawn is this is out of early access. It's a it's an ARPG in the Diablo sense. This is the game from the people that last made uh, Titan Quest. Oh um, man! It, it actually not that. I shouldn't say the people because it's a, it's not that team. It's I think a couple of guys that were on that team. Uh, and this was kickstarted, you know, like four years ago now. Um, I don't, I'm not sure that the Kickstarter succeeded or it may have like kind of just scraped by. Um, but I think they carried on their crowdfunding elsewhere. Uh, or maybe it was, you know, just donations or something. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but the, the game was in early access for a while. Uh, and it's hit 1.0 now, apparently. So Dale if, can play it. If this is your type of thing, uh, you know, it's probably worth checking out. It's, Got a very positive review on Steam, review aggregate, I, I should say. Um, and I've heard word of mouth, I've heard at least two or three people say that uh, it, it is a very good game. So, Awesome. Maybe of interest. It looks like uh, Jared Redeye has already put in an hour of gameplay on it. So, Ooh, better ask him about that. hear from him. Uh, and also Far Cry Primal is coming out on PC. I believe it came out on console last week, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. It's out on PC this week, so that's the latest in the Far Cry, uh, you know. Primal spin-off series. Yeah, yeah, however you want to label it. Though it is a full price game. It's not like the uh Blood Dragon. <laughs> Blood Dragon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, Far Cry Primal's coming out. Also we wanted to mention the uh, PlayStation Plus games and the Xbox Live Did you already games hit with Master games. of Orion? Sorry. I I mentioned it. Okay. Do you have anything to say about it? Oh, well, I was just wondering if either of you guys had played the old ones. Oh yeah, the old ones for sure. Absolutely. I have not. I, I, yeah. yeah, I've not. So, but I've, I've always heard that they were cool. So. Well, the new the newer versions were. In fact, I also already met. Did I mention Stardock during this show? Maybe it was the yeah. pre-show. But uh, they sort of took the spiritual idea of that and they made their um, uh, Galactic Civilizations game. Oh, Galsiv. And uh, yeah, Galsiv. So, which I think they either are in the process of releasing. I think it might also be an early access Galactic Civilizations three. So. Uh, yeah, I love love that kind of stuff, and and even more, I loved uh, Master of Masters of Magic, which uh, has also been iterated on uh, since then. So yeah, good stuff. Cool. Uh, so for PlayStation Plus in March, you'll be able to pick up Broforce, uh, which was voted on um, and was won. It actually won the vote. They did the vote last time, and anyway, they've done it a few times, but it won over Action Hank and Assault Android Cactus, I believe, because Broforce just sounds cooler. Yeah, I think and it does. And also Galaxy, which is a game I wanted to play, so I'm glad I didn't buy it when it came out. I know that Jeremy's played it, so that's coming out for PS4. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, for with PlayStation Plus. Uh, PlayStation 3, The Last Guy, and Super Stardust HD, which is a popular uh, shmup. And on the Vita legacy platform, Flame Over <laughs> and Reality Fighters. No idea what these are, but they're free, so go check them out. Uh, Xbox Live game with gold for the Xbox 360. You can pick up Supreme Commander 2 and Borderlands in this upcoming month. And for the Xbox One, Sherlock Holmes, Crime and Punishment, which I hear is actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. And Lords of the Fallen, which I have not heard much about um, 
is also on the Xbox One for free. If you have if you have an Xbox One, I don't know, and and happen to have Xbox Live, then get that. Oh, you know what? One one more thing I want to mention real quick. Uh, this came up on on the Call of Podcast we did the other day, but there's this game on Steam called Stardew Valley that is basically um, Harvest Moon. It's it's like Harvest Moon for PC. So if oh. you like that game and have not played one in a long time or just want one on the PC because apparently they're impossible to get localized, <laughs> um, Stardew Valley is sounds like the, the kind of game that you want to look at. That's funny that that hasn't happened yet on PC, right? Or a game that's like really close to what you know those games are, Harvest Moon games. Well, well go and listen to uh, my friend Esteban's story about uh, trying to get one of those brought over and maybe you'll see why. <laughs> oh, interesting. All right, I'll have to listen to the, the latest Call of Podcast plug for Dale's other show. Absolutely. All right, and those are your new releases. So thanks to tech-gaming.com for providing the list of that week after week. Absolutely. Uh, go over there and check out the rest of the list. Absolutely. Well, this week for our topic, uh, it's sort of inspired by uh, another podcast that I was listening to. We're plugging everybody else's podcast this week. But uh, <laughs> I happened to listen to the Game Life podcast over at uh, Wired.com, where the most recent episode was an interview or sort of a discussion between uh, Penn Gillette and Randy Pitchford. And they were talking about the, I guess, the remake that they're going to be doing of uh, Desert Bus which uh, there's a whole story behind that. Go, go, go check out that show. But uh, Pendulet is uh, really smart about stuff, and he's actually really interested and really open-minded about video games as a medium. And it's a, just a really... Um, I, I don't think I'll ever be as smart as that, unfortunately. So sorry, sorry Game Byte Show listeners. But um, <laughs> the, uh, the, a couple of interesting things came out of it, because I, I think they are planning to remake Desert Bus as a VR program, or as a, you know, as a VR title. And uh, so they started, sort of got off on a little bit of a tangent talking about VR in general and how the evolution of video games, not as necessarily as a technology, but as a cultural sort of football, I guess, where politicians weigh in on things and, you know, the public perception of video games changes over time. And I felt that it was a really interesting discussion and I kind of wanted to riff on it a little bit more. That Their interview was really pretty short, but I thought that we would have a, you know, another few minutes that we could devote to that topic. But uh, a couple of things that they had talked about were that, uh, A, VR, the perception of VR by you know, the establishment, let's say, government officials and people who seem to have an interest in uh, blaming video games for things or blaming technology for the ills of the world. Uh, VR is even more immersive, so where, you know, going back to the Atari, when, you know, running over things that were vaguely humanoid was sort of a a malfeasant thing to do, uh, then getting into, you know, um, shooters that you know, where you actually shoot people with guns, then getting into first-person shooters, the technology would bring bring us ever closer to something that was a little more lifelike. And then here we come to VR, where you're not even watching the first-person shooter on a screen, you are, you know, taking even more action. You know, instead of being represented on the screen by something else that's going on, you are more immersed in that than, you know, ever before. And so potentially there may be some some call for that to be questioned or to say, well... You know, how how healthy is this for people? Uh, the, the other side of it is that from a legitimizing standpoint, the, you know, if VR is, is a new, terrible, unhealthy thing, it simply takes us another step away from, you know, like rock and roll music used to be the thing, or Dungeons and Dragons used to be the thing, and, you know, as, as soon as newer, you know, sexier 
issues arise that you know that need to be dealt with by by governments uh vr at least takes the heat off of video gaming <laughs> as a as a as a as a concept and uh, so i thought that was kind of an interesting discussion i just kind of wanted to put that to you guys both for the positive and the negative what we think the impact of virtual reality platforms might mean for public perception so i saw <laughs> there was an image on Reddit that I picked up the other day, and it was a dude with a Samsung VR strapped to his head, and he was sitting on the toilet, and it said, oh, this morning I was in the restroom on the Himalayas. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was nice. just kind of a, it was just kind of an interesting, it kind of made me laugh inside because, um, you know, that's exactly what VR is going to do, If when you even if we don't even compare it into video games, but it will allow... Um, even from a traveling standpoint or from a, an experiential standpoint, it'll allow you to visit and or do things that you maybe may have never been able to do. So if I could take, you know, my Samsung Gear VR shop to my head and go sit on the John and be anywhere in the world doing that, that'd be, that's, that's just kind of a funny way to look at it. Um, and I think that the, I think something to think about is that while VR, I mean, we are the Game Bytes podcast, and we talk about it in the sense of video games. But I think that there are practical applications to it um, that may make it stand out outside of um, gaming as a whole, especially when it comes to education or just general, you know, people wanting to do things, or maybe you know, some bedridden person wants to have the experience of you know doing something completely that they could never could do, or maybe you know, a terminally ill patients can you know, live out their last dreams doing something, you know, through virtual reality. I think there's a lot of interesting tools where we think about, yeah, it's not going to work out for gaming or it's going to be just a fad. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of other applications, I think, for it. You know, it's funny. Ironically, I, I understand that there is actually a human feces problem on the top of the real life Mount Everest from just all the camps that, that happen up there and people <laughs> disposing of their of their waste. So uh, yeah, so you can, on the VR, pretend like you're really pooping on Mount Everest without actually having to leave you know, leave that. Thing. How would it be if they actually programmed out? I mean, I'm never going to climb Mount Everest in my life. You know, what if they programmed like a an experience where you could be up at the top, walking around, and and you know, or just like looking at stuff, just that, looking yeah, around. That would be kind of cool to check out for sure. Uh, I, I saw, I think anecdotally, I saw something on Twitter the other day where, as as far as people and and what the, you know, just the casual, you know, Joe six pack. Uh, perception of VR is going to be. Uh, I saw something on Twitter where uh, someone had uh, sort of um, documented this little girl who was trying VR for the first time, and she thought it was so cool that she was inside a painting. And, um, you know, I'm not sure that, that you're necessarily going to get the physicality of, uh, you know, the world from, from VR necessarily, but I think that there are a lot of things. I mean, I think we all agree on some of the... the, the instructional and um, cognitive benefits of things like video games and I think something like VR is is just bringing us even closer to uh, you know a more uh, integrated ex experience with what you know is a simulated world essentially and um, I, I think that I think that generally and, and I mean this is you know it goes back to stuff that we've been talking about VR for for a long time uh, you know leading up to this eventual big commercial explosion of, of VR platforms but people who try it generally assuming they don't have you know motion sickness issues or something like that they tend to really really like it like it is just an experience to have and uh, I think that it you know vi video games kind of are hit or miss 
generally. I mean, you could sit somebody down in front of even the, the most beautiful... I mean, you could have somebody sit down to play Flower, which is one of my all-time favorites. And, you know, they might have trouble with the controls, you know, tilting the controller, or they might not, you know, really have the time for something that takes six hours to go through, where a normal movie is, you know, 90 minutes or something like that. And um, I, I, th I think there is some, some more broad appeal to something like VR. I think it's something that people can can understand and grasp maybe even a little bit better than sitting down with a controller in front of a in front of a TV maybe. Hmm. VR. Yeah. Dale's the resident VR hater. Yeah. <laughs> so if the question is how how will VR change the public perception of of games? Um <laughs> Well, I, I can only really think of the, the I think the standard reaction to VR will be uh, for on on a lot of you know non gaming people's perspective, it'll be like, well, look at those nerds doing that stupid thing, and or something like, I my husband's always using this dumb VR thing when he needs to be helping watch the kids, or or you know something to that effect, or even you know, hey, I'm a college kid and I want to try my VR, but my roommates keep playing pranks on me when I'm in the headset, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, um. I just I think there's problems to the fact that you're isolating yourself from the rest of the world. Um, all sorts of these problems, um, and so I think maybe it's you know not something that people should probably do for a, a lot for a very long time. Maybe I mean I don't know, but I'm not going to like legislate it or anything. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, that is kind of an interesting idea. Like we we have the concept of uncanny valley where you know the closer you get to modeling something that's real, the more you notice the flaws. And I mean, maybe this is a bad analogy here, but the closer you get to immersion, the, the I mean, you, you can't not live and exist physically in the real world, right? I mean, until, until we get to Tron, you know, digitizing technology, uh, which, you know, we don't want and probably will never have, but you still have to deal with the, even though your, your, your eyeballs and your ears and your mind can be really immersed in something or really engaged with something, you can't really get past the fact that you are still either sitting in a chair or if you've got your HTC Vive, you know, walking around your dedicated rec room for... Hoping for you don't bump into something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't really, you can't really get past you, you that. You still anymore. gotta eat and, you know, go to the bathroom and all that sort of stuff. Um, and go out in the real world and, like, earn a living so that you can afford to do your VR stuff. Do you, do you think that VR addiction <laughs> will be a thing? I mean, do you think that we will get to well, a point guys, where that is actually a factor? Do you remember hearing about those people that were like so in love with the like movie Avatar that they like had depression syndrome? Or I remember that they, that they couldn't be Navi or something. Yeah, like that, that they couldn't go and live on that world or whatever. That's yeah, got to be like think, two people though who you know post in some Reddit sure, forum. Somewhere. Sure, I, I, of I, I can, I can see that. I'm, and I never. It's kind of like I remember. Well, speaking of, of Avatar, I remember when I watched when I was little, and the, the movie Hook came out. Do you guys remember that movie mm -hmm. with uh, Robin Williams? Yep. And I remember watching him, and he was flying around Never Neverland, and I thought it was the coolest damn thing ever. And Did I'm you like, think Man. it was Bangarang? I think it was it was Bangarang, and I and I really wished that I could fly. Like I really really wanted to fly, and was it was sad as a ten year old that I couldn't fly. You know, and, you know, with and, VR you can fly. Exactly. And so, I mean, I'd, I would imagine that there will be, I mean, as soon as VR becomes um, 
I mean, that there, w- there will be those types of people who can find a reality inside something else that is better than their current reality that they won't want to leave. It's the same reason why people use drugs, because it puts them in a state that is better than their current state. Do you think – here's a, a question, um, and hopefully this isn't too much of a downer or anything, but like – I wonder if it's possible that VR could save lives, especially by, you know, people that are, you know, maybe suicidal. Um, like as a therapy. Yeah. Or just as a place for them to kind of go. And, you know, we talk about escapism like, oh, you know, I got my stress of my, <clears throat> you know, nine to five or my kids or whatever. There are some people that like, you know, they have a really bad time of it <laughs> and, and having something like this, if, but here's, if they can, you know, if they are having a bad life, but also able to somehow experience VR, <laughs> um, you know, maybe there's a, a, a group there that uh, might lose themselves in it to their actual, maybe not, maybe not benefit, but staving off some other detriment. I don't know. Well, think about this. I mean, think about when the Wii, the original Wii was big, you know, and it was big in retirement homes because the, you know, all the residents could play Wii bowling or something or they could, uh, you know, uh, I do, if that's you know play tennis. Still, I wonder if that's still a thing. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they, they probably, you know, probably they're now like, this is baby games now. They, yeah. <laughs> they're probably all playing Dark Souls. But, yeah. uh, they're all playing Connect now. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, for, for uh, we, I mean, we sort of mentioned it in, in a few different ways. People who don't have the opportunity to experience some of that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know, because it's kind of like an interesting little diversion, but I don't know if, I'm, I'm trying to think of groups that might, you know, people with maybe mental illness, or I, I think sometimes about people with adult children who can't care for themselves and who get, you know, violent or, or who get difficult yeah, to handle. Yeah, that's, no, that's absolutely a, a, a good concern, because, um, you know, those people are out there, and something like this could be just, you know, if you think about sometimes those kids who are like, you know, they're in the hospital with cancer and all they want to do is, you know, have, have that chance to go to Disneyland or just whatever. Um, maybe this could kind of, it, it would be an alternative thing that would provide some distraction or whatever. You know? Maybe. Yeah. Which, you know, is something that video games at large are generally good at. So like too. child's play, maybe child's play will be delivering vibes and rifts and stuff. Well, you know, that's what, so we mentioned earlier, uh, Pendulette, that's exactly what they're planning on doing with Desert Bus, is they're retooling that thing to be specifically, and I don't exactly know what they have in mind, and they haven't officially announced anything. In fact, it was a complete sort of gaffe on Penn's part that, uh, that you know, word even got out about this, but uh, they are specifically, because all, all they can really do with it is, and, and if you go back to the, to that Game Life podcast, go you know, go again, go check that out, but they sort of talk about the origins of this, where it started out as sort of a... a a statement on politicians at the time who were saying that games should be more like real life and it should show happy people doing jobs and things like that. But they are retooling it specifically for what Desert Bus has become. You know, there's the Desert Bus for Hope um, kind of thing. And, and uh, so they, they are specifically actually treating it with that in mind. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the other, the other side of it too is uh, does VR do that escapism stuff more... Uh, more effectively than just a, a, what we think of right now as a traditional video game. Um, I, I mean, I know there's that immersion factor and that real life, you know, tilt your head and look around kind of thing. But you know, is is are, are the are the old folks going to be playing, uh, you know, Valkyrie, you know, whatever, as opposed to just doing more wee bowling? I I don't know. 
VR bowling is is v- that the best VR bowling for VR? Yeah, no, it's it's job simulator, bro. Job simulator. That's true. Job simulator. Forgot about that. Coming out with the coming out with the vibe. That's right. Well, uh, until then, you know, I guess we'll have to kind of wait and see what the impact of VR is on video game technology. But uh, listeners, if you're waiting to see what VR will do to podcast technology. You'll probably be waiting a while. But until then... Ruin every podcast. Ruin every podcast. (laughs) Until then, you can listen to the good old podcast method the way that uh, God intended by going to our website, GameBiteShow.com, and checking out all of our past archives. As you know, we do this show twice a week. This has been the top of the week where we talk to you about the news, new releases, and special topic of discussion. But we will be back to discuss with you again at the midweek the games that we have been playing, and uh, we hope that you look forward to that and join us then. If you have any comments of your own about what you think VR will change for video games or the public perception of games, let us know about it. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on Twitter. We are, as a group, at Game Byte Show, or you can reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. You can find me at Legrand. And I'm at Count underscore Elmdor. And our compatriot, Jared Redeye Dunn, who is the only one we know who is playing Grim Dawn right now, you can ask him how that game is at R-E-D underscore I. And uh, Jared is also in charge of running our video game streams. We also do a video game stream once or twice a week, and you can find that over at twitch.tv slash show. Subscribe there, or you can find our archives for video at... Do we know what's the, what's on the docket for streaming this week? You know, I don't. I didn't talk to him about it, but maybe if Grim Dawn is on there, we should have him, uh, have him do that. So uh, if you don't catch the live stream of Grim Dawn, which I'm just now going to obligate Jared to do... <laughs> Uh, you can catch it on the archive over at youtube.com slash show. And uh, as always, we certainly appreciate you tuning in and joining us for the Game Bites show. We'd love it if you told your friends about us and share the good news of Game Bites, uh, where we talk to you about video games in uh, more or less small and digestible little Game Bites. Uh, half an hour these podcasts are. Uh, so don't, Indeed. Yeah, don't, don't, don't look at your timer. Don't look at your timer. Uh, but uh, we do it twice a week, so we try and keep it a little bit easier to listen to, but uh, a little more frequent. So we look forward to speaking with you again. Until then, this has been your Game Game Bite Show. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next time. Thanks. See ya. This is your world. You're the creator. Find freedom on this canvas. Believe that you can do it. Because you can do it. But you can do it. You can do it. I believe. I believe. Every day's a good day when you paint. I believe. I believe. You'll bring a lot of good thoughts to your heart I believe, I believe Every day's a good day when you paint I believe, I believe You'll bring a lot of good thoughts to your heart